Hello and welcome to the One Link Podcast. I'm joined as always by Brad. How are you doing today, Brad? I'm doing well. Good to be here. Indeed. I'm looking forward to once again discussing faithful servants from the past. Who do you have in mind for today? Well, we probably should have hit this one around Christmas time, but let's talk today about Lottie Moon. Oh, great. I'm a big fan of Lottie. Yeah, me too. And for those of you at home who aren't as familiar with her, there's a yearly missions offering in her name around Christmas time. Hence Brad's comment about our need to talk about her closer to Christmas. That's right. And as we explore her story more, we will see that she not only had a tremendous impact in China, where she served for about 40 years, but perhaps had an even bigger impact on mobilizing people in America to go and to give to missions efforts. Yes, hers is an amazing story of faithfulness and perseverance. So why don't you share a little with us about her background? Okay. Well, what most strikes me about her background is what a rebellious young lady she was. <laughs> God has a way of using people like that, doesn't he? He sure, he sure does. I suppose I'm living proof of this, aren't I? You? I don't believe it. I'm a changed man, Amy. I'm glad you didn't know me in my youth. <laughs> Anyways, back to Lottie. Uh, she was born in 1840 on a plantation in Virginia. Her family was fairly well off and well thought of. Her great-grandfather, Thomas Barkley, had been buddies with Thomas Jefferson. So they were, these were well-respected folks and kind of living the dream, so to speak, in the antebellum South. Uh, but from a very early age, she was quite a strong-willed girl and is not very interested in religion at all and certainly wasn't interested in becoming a missionary. In fact, her, her aunt and uncle decided to leave Virginia to serve as missionaries in Jerusalem. And she decides, quite ironically, that being a missionary was a good way to waste your life. Wow. God certainly had some work to do in Lottie's life, didn't he? Well, so how did this transformation begin to happen in her life? Well, it shouldn't surprise us to learn that it happened during her college years, of course. Uh, in 1854, she leaves home to study at the Virginia Female Seminary. Though, again, she's not very interested in spiritual things, just in getting an education. And despite being very bright and an excellent student, she gets the reputation of being quite mischievous. Uh, her greatest prank was on April Fool's Day when she climbed up in the bell tower of the school and wraps the clapper, you know, that part that bangs against the bell, with blankets so that it won't make any sound when it's supposed to wake up all the students at 6 a.m. And, of course, the uh, principal is not too amused by this. Wow, you have to give her credit for creativity. Yeah, I think pranks were probably a little bit kinder and gentler back then, but she was, she was definitely creative. Well, eventually there's a preacher who comes to her school, and she has quite the reputation for mocking and criticizing Christianity. So she decides to go listen to this preacher so she can kind of point out all the flaws in his talk. So when she walks in the chapel, there's this kind of buzz as, you know, that she's shown up because everyone knows her views. And then God gets to work on her heart. As he often does. Yes, and she's moved so much by this sermon that the next day she decides she needs to become a Christian. And once she decides this, there's no looking back. Wow, praise the Lord for getting a hold of a rebel like Lottie Moon. Amen. And she goes on to become one of the first women to ever receive a master's degree in the South. And because she finished top in her class, she's declared to be the most educated woman in the South. That's quite an honor. So how does she get from there to serving overseas in China? Well, shortly after she graduate, graduates from college, the Civil War begins, and she serves as a nurse caring for Confederate troops. But after the war, she goes to serve as a teacher in an all-girls school in Georgia. And while she is there, she gets a letter from her sister, Edmonia, 
who by that point was on a ship halfway across the Pacific on her way to China, where she would serve as a foreign missionary, as a missionary with the Foreign Mission Board, now called the International Mission Board. I bet that was quite a surprise to her. Yes, yeah, I mean, particularly it was surprising because up to that point, the, the Foreign Mission Board had not been allowing single women to serve overseas. You know, in the very early days, they had sent out a single woman to serve in China, and apparently this had not gone well, and she was sent back. And it had been something like 20 years or so since the, they had sent out a single woman. And then in 1872, they approve a lady named Lula Wilden because she was going to be working closely with her sister and brother-in-law, so they figured it would be okay. And Edmonia hears about this, and she's a pretty spunky gal like Lottie, and decides that if they can approve one single lady, they can approve another. And so she managed to get herself approved to go be Lula's partner over there. And Lottie, who has had interest in serving overseas, starts to think, hmm, maybe this could happen for me too. You know, sometimes it just takes someone to blaze the trail. That's right. And if there's anything I've learned from reading all these missionary biographies is the importance of pioneers. People with initiative and who are willing to take a risk so, so important to see the gospel push into unreached areas. That's so true. Well, I'm guessing that Edmonia must begin to recruit her sister, right? You got it. And Lottie's kind of wavering as uh, as to what she should do. She has an important role there working at the girls' school. And her sister says to this to her, and I, I found this really interesting. True, you are doing a noble work at home, but are there not some who could fill your place? I don't know of anyone who could fill the place offered you here. In the first place, it's not everyone who is willing to come to China. And it, it just really struck me when I read that from Edmonia. Yes, perhaps this exchange would be of interest to our listeners who are trying to figure out if they should go overseas. Exactly. I often say to students that the fact that they're wanting to go overseas probably means something because there aren't a whole lot of people who are thinking this way. Absolutely. The desire certainly doesn't equal a calling, but it is a great beginning. It is. And so Lottie is persuaded, and she joins Edmonia and others in uh, 1873. Right. So she makes it to China, and she's there for 40 years. Now, like all of our heroes of the faith, we don't have time to exhaustively share about their experiences. But what were some highlights for you? Well, I was struck by a number of things as I read more about her life recently. One is that she dealt with many of the same challenges of working overseas that we do today. I mean, there's conflict and misunderstanding among missionaries that she's in the middle of. Uh, she deals with homesickness and missing family. She struggles to love the, the local culture and connect with the people. I mean, I think sometimes we think these heroes of faith are somehow exempt from these things, but she was no different than us. That is so good to remember. But despite all these challenges, she perseveres. That's right. And perhaps this is the, most, the single most important trait of someone who makes a difference in the world. Not that they don't struggle or have doubts or flaws, but that they don't give up. They just keep asking God to help them, and they trust Him, and they keep persevering. So true. Well, the other thing that was noteworthy from her life is how she tried to help the Foreign Mission Board think about sustainability in their missions efforts. In particular, how they could help missionaries stay mentally and spiritually healthy while they were serving. And so she's constantly writing, you know, she had this habit of just writing lots of letters back to the Mission Board headquarters pleading with them to think about how they could do things like member care and giving missionaries furloughs and things like that. And when she first came to the field, there was no such thing as a furlough. And there's this sad but slightly humorous story about the board's early attempts to give their missionaries furloughs. There's a missionary there in China who's very burned out, and 
for whatever reason, they decide to send him to Siberia to take his furlough. And Lottie is just beside herself when she hears about this as to why you would send someone to Siberia for a break. And of course, this poor guy comes back in worse shape than when he left. Oh dear. <laughs> I can't imagine being sent to Siberia for a furlough. It's honestly not my idea of a great place to recuperate. No, maybe not their best decision. But eventually Lottie influences the board to allow missionaries to return back to America once every 10 years to take a break and visit fa with family members. Wow, 10 years is a really long time between visits. Right. Of course, this was the time before there were short-term missions. So when you signed up, it was the expectation was serving for life. So getting a break every 10 years was probably progress. But even with some greater attention towards member care, there were still people who dealt with health failures and even mental breakdowns because of the difficult conditions. And Lottie is there faithfully serving and helping her colleagues through these difficult moments. Even her own sister Edmonia becomes so broken down health-wise that she has to be sent back to America to recover and is never able to return. So tremendous sacrifice from Lottie and many others. They certainly did sacrifice so much for the gospel. Well, Brad, on a lighter note, I was wondering if you could confirm something that I've heard about Lottie Moon. And this is the fact that sugar cookies played an important role in her ministry. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this will encourage all of those out there with a sweet tooth who are listening to our podcast. Uh, one of Lottie's strategies was to bake cookies and let the aroma just sort of waft out in the streets. And before long, she would start getting visitors. And this was one of a number of things Lottie did in response to her realizing that before she could make converts, she had to make friends. And there was, you know, there was so much suspicion and disdain for foreigners during this time. People would call her foreign devil everywhere she went. And so in order to be able to speak to people and get any traction relationally, she had to first find ways to let help them or, you know, cause them to let down their guard a bit. And Lottie does a, a great job of this. Not only did she bake cookies, but she began wearing Chinese clothing and adopting many aspects of the local Chinese lifestyle. And this contextualization, which was still a bit controversial at the time, seemed to go a long way towards getting people to accept her. Yes, I just love what you said, that before she could make converts, she had to make friends. And that is so very true. Successful relationship building is such an important part of opening people's hearts to the gospel. Yeah, exactly. So what else can you tell us about Lottie's time in China? Well, perhaps the time that she shines the most is during the most difficult seasons of her 40 years of service. In particular, her, her later years in China were during a very tumultuous period in Chinese history. You have the Boxer Rebellion, which happens in uh, 1900, 1901, and many missionaries and Christians were killed during this period of unrest. And then not long after this, there's a revolution and the, the Manchu dynasty, which has ruled China for over 250 years, is overthrown. And while all this is going on, there's a severe drought and famine in China, and many people are starving to death. And Lottie writes many letters to the Foreign Mission Board, just as she always does, trying to get them to send people to help and to send relief so that she can help meet the physical needs of the people. But the board is dealing with budget shortfalls and, and giving just wasn't matching the needs of the hour. And so Lottie, in what is such a sad yet heroic ending to her time in China, begins to do whatever she can. And she, you have to remember, she's in her 70s by this point. And when her cook makes a meal, instead of eating it herself, she starts taking it out and giving it to some starving child in the street. And she basically starves herself in order to feed others. It's such a heartbreaking thing to imagine. 
Yes, and by the time one of her other colleagues realizes what she's been doing, she only weighs about 50 pounds. Oh my, she, she must have been so frail. She was, and one of the doctors decides that her only chance of recovering was to go back to America and rest. And as she's traveling back, and she gets to Japan, and she passes away on the ship in the port there in Kobe, Japan. And that night, as she was slowly slipping away, she wakes up several times and keeps telling the lady who's caring for her, we are weak, but he is strong. And I think that's such a good summary of her life. Oh, sweet Lottie. She was trusting Jesus to the very end of her days. Yeah, she was. And the woman who's caring for her on the, her voyage back, her name was Cynthia Miller, later wrote about her experience with Lottie on this boat. And I'm going to let you read it, Amy, because I'm not sure I can get through it. It is infinitely touching that those who work hardest and make the most sacrifices for the master should suffer because those in the homeland fail to give what is needed. Wow, that is certainly convicting. Yeah, I think it's a part of the whole harvest is plentiful, workers are few issue that, that we've talked about before. Not only does the kingdom need workers who will go, but also workers who will support and give and hold the ropes for those who are going. I mean, this is absolutely a team effort. Indeed it is. Well, Brad, that's about all the time we have for today. It's been so wonderful to learn about the life and ministry of Lottie Moon. Thank you for sharing with us about this. I've thoroughly enjoyed it myself, and I look forward to talking about more faithful servants of Christ in future episodes. As do I. Well, we'll see you all again next time on the One Link Podcast. 